can you imagine? Um, my guest has recently released a new book entitled Nobody Wants to Talk About It, Race, Identity, and the Difficulties of Forging Meaningful Conversations. His book was all set to release when COVID happened and the release was delayed. After the George Floyd murder, he and his publisher agreed that now is the time. The intriguing thing about Michael's story is that he was raised by his white mother and did not find out until he was a young adult that he is, in fact, African-American. He unknowingly had been passing for white. Michael um, it works in a corporate diversity training, has quite a story to tell, and we's going to share that story with me. Michael, welcome back to WVON. I'm still here. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Perry. <laughs> so great to talk to you. Yes. Yes. Good to talk to you, Michael Fosberg. Well, this is it. This book has been released, but I would yeah. like to know. that CBS is doing a series of how really politically divided this country really is and how depending on who you identify more with Republican or Democrat really shows um, how you the the lens that you look at the United States through today um, there was a, they did an experiment they had um, a Republican man view this video of the NYPD in their cars, kind of mowing down the protesters. And he saw it as the protesters not wanting to uh, move so that the cruiser could get through. The black Democrat saw it and saw it as the police being overly aggressive. You're kind of in between two worlds. <laughs> You're kind of in between two worlds. And and, and I, I, I'm going to talk to you about this. I mean, what is it like for people to not know that you're African-American and during this time in history in the United States. But um, how, I mean, how, what is your vision? What is, what, what, what is your lens? How are you looking at all of this um, political unrest, the um, protesters, the movement? How do you, how do you see all of this? In view? Well, well, first of all, I think it's important for us to, it, 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 race has been politicized and that's not, it's nothing new that's been going on for a very, very long time. But um, race and identity is not a political issue. It's a human issue. Mm -hmm. It's a human. When I often, I won't say often, but there's occasionally there'll be people when I'm going to do diversity trainings for corporations or even government agencies or people who might object to some of the things that I'm talking about or doing. And, I'm, and I constantly reinforce this idea that this isn't a political issue. This is about human beings. It's a human issue. So okay. let's take the politics out of it. The other thing I think is so important for us to make the connections is tell your story. Tell me your story. If we start to tell our stories between people, um, between majority and minority populations, we can break down the prejudices that exist between us because we discover that we have a lot more in common than we have different. That's a fact. We have more in common than we have different. I have listeners that say that we are never you're never going to have white people liking black people. I, have, I, I hear it <laughs> yeah. on, on a regular basis. They're, I mean, they're just, they'll come sure. up. And listen, I have gotten to the point in my life at 60 years old, I don't, I'm not going to try to make white people comfortable. Racism is a white people's problem. It's not a black people's problem. They have the power. Yeah. 
I, I agree. I agree. But we all have to come to the table and talk. And I completely agree with your listeners who push back and say, uh, we're never going to convince them all. We're not going to convince all white people about this. That That's just, but that's the nature of everything. Like you go to a museum and you look at a painting. What's, what, what is to one person, the most beautiful painting in the world is to somebody else, the most ugly thing they've ever seen. So we're never going to come to an agreement on this, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't continue to try and to talk and to, to, again, as I say, find the commonalities. We have more in common than we have different. Okay, so let me ask you this, because you do diversity training. What did Mm -hmm. you think, Michael, when Agent Orange, uh, Donald Trump, (laughs) decided decided (laughs) to take out diversity training out of all of the federal agencies yeah. and and the explanation yeah, yeah. that it, it's un-american un-american what did, yeah. how, did, a, how did you a, deal a, with that yes yeah well i have a good story here so on uh, the thursday of that week that that directive happened on friday on thursday of that week i did a training for the department of homeland security a very very successful training people were I mean, they were they were amazed. They absolutely they, they got to they got an opportunity to watch a recording of a, a live recording of my play, my one man play, right. which I tell the story about my journey to find my biological father. And then I came on after that live and did a discussion with them. And we had all kinds of great questions coming from the people. There were about 135 people on the on the call on this you know vir- virtual call. And the comments coming in the chat window were unbelievable. They just thought it was amazing. They loved it. They thought it was incredible. Uh, two hours later, I got an email from my contact saying how much they enjoyed it, how much. He said, you knocked it out of the park. It was Oh, fantastic. Michael, you do that anyway. I, for those of you who don't know <laughs> or, or, or remember, Michael did part of, of um, Jill Ross's The Read-In. And That's Michael's right. story was so compelling. I said, Michael, you've got to come on the show. That's the first thing I did. And this That's was right. this was a, a few about maybe eight, ten years ago. And Michael, yeah, it's such yeah. a compelling story. I mean, talking about as he takes you through the journey, finding out that his mother was Armenian. And some people would say that Armenians are not white. That's <laughs> you, correct. You know, well, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but since the, these damn Kardashians. But anyway, <laughs> no, don't go there. Does not go there. Oh my goodness! But anyway, um, Michael. So listen, you're like I said, you're pretty much living in two worlds. Just tell me what it's like to look just like this white man in this time, and you know that you're African American. And tell me some of the instances of things people have said in your presence, and you're like, and by the way, I'm black. Think about it. Okay, we're talking to Michael Fosberg. He has a new book entitled Nobody Wants to Talk About It, Race, Identity, and the Difficulties of Forging Meaningful uh, Conversations. And just based on that book, I, I believe that most Americans want to have these conversations, but I do think that it's, it, it makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And some of these individuals, Michael, I mean, you're just, you know, they are, they grew up, you know, being racist. And I know that there have been races that have, their lives have changed. You know, they have this black friend and it changes their life forever and all that kind of good <laughs> stuff. But, in these times, I'm going to say since the election of Donald Trump, what has been your experience 
when you come across white people who will tell you in a heartbeat they're not racist, but they will say to you something that's inappropriate, and how do you tell them that you're African-American, half-black? Well, I, I have two stories for you. Okay. First, on that on that note, I, I once gave a speech to a group of educators where I started the speech by asking the room, I, I said, can I see all the hands of the uh, of the feminists in the room? And a bunch of hands went up. And I said, can I see all the hands of the optimists in the room? And a bunch of hands went up. And I can I see all the hands of the uh, 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 of the racists in the room, please? No hands went up. <laughs> racists aren't going to identify as racists. They're not going to put their, you know, even Ku Klux Klan members don't put their hands up. And so this is a thing that, you know, we, we have a very difficult time. I think you hit it. You nailed it right on the head when you said uh, these are uncomfortable conversations. One of the tools that I lay out on the book is we need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. That is a, essential to this conversation. Uh, the other story I'll tell you is, is uh, a long time ago, I, this is, I, I've been doing this work for 15 years, and I travel all around the country and tell my – well, I don't travel around the country now, but I right. travel around the country, do about 60, 70 presentations a year. And so um, I would say about, uh, I don't know, 12 years ago, I was a single guy and traveling around the country doing these presentations, um, engaging people in these incredible conversations. And I was, you know, kind of lonely. I was trying to trying to find a, a, a you know, a woman to date and whatever. I couldn't, couldn't, it was difficult because you're, I'm on the road all the time. And right. so I did what a lot of, I did what a lot of people do. You know, you go online and you, you go to one of those dating sites and you, you put your profile in and then you meet someone and you go and maybe meet for coffee. It's a safe way to do it. Right. right. So I went and I went and met this white woman for coffee one day and we're talking. And as we're talking, the, the topic of course comes up, what do you do for a living? Okay. Well, now, I don't have any problem talking about what I do for a living. Right. I love what I do for a living. I, I feel so blessed to be able to get to do what I get to do. Go around the country and tell my story in the form of a one-man play and then engage people in this really important conversation. I can't believe I get to do it. i got to pinch myself I get to do something so great as that. Anyway, I didn't want it to be the first thing that we talked about. Right. So I just kind of said, I said, well, you know what, I, I'm a public speaker. And she said, oh, that's very interesting. What do you speak about? Oh. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, well, well I, I speak about the topics of uh, diversity. She's like, oh, diversity. Oh, that's really great. What, 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 what do you do? What, what kind of diversity, what kind of topics do you speak about? So then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to tell the story. So I tell this woman my story, as much as you laid it out with that beautiful recording <laughs> at the top of the show. Okay. And, and I tell my story to this woman. I swear to you, I finish the story. She looks at her watch and she says, oh, you know what? I got to get going. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. I just told you I'm half black and you got to go. What year, what year do we live in? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, did you get married finally? I, I did get married finally. Yes, you... I got married about seven years ago. And you got kids now? No, don't have kids. I'm too old for that. All right. So are you happy? <laughs> I'm extremely happy. Yeah, very, very happy. And so you're still doing your your um, pro- one-man presentation, all this online and that sort of thing. You're doing some diversity uh, discussions. That is correct. I, I've been you doing – You should be um, really busy. 
I am very busy. Okay, yes. all yes. right. Very busy. Lots of corporations and even government agencies. Even after that uh, directive that they put out a couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a government agency, agency this week. Wow, that is fantastic. Yeah. How do we get the book? You can go to the website, incognitotheplay.com, all one word, incognitotheplay.com, and you can um, order both. I got the first book there, too. I remember we, we first met when I put out my memoir, yes, Incognito, right. an American Odyssey of Race and Self-Discovery. You can get either of those books at the website, and you can get an autographed copy. Michael, I can't wait till um, all of this COVID stuff is gone and you can come in studio with me and, and talk to our listening audience. You are one awesome son of a gun and so much <laughs> well, fun. Thanks, and you're so Thank much you. fun. You really are. You, and I just, <laughs> you know, that just it's a testament to Jill Ross, too, who found you. And um, in the terrific, first place, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. and she's doing so much good stuff. Oh, you would be so proud of Jill right now. She's, yes, she's great. Yes, we've had some conversations. She's doing great stuff, yeah. All right, then. Well, Michael, thank you so much again. Thanks, The Gary. book is called Race, Identity, and the Difficulties in Forging Meaningful Conversations. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. And give that website again one more time. IncognitoThePlay.com. All, right. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. Best Thanks, of Perry. luck to you. Thank All right. you so much. Oh, yeah. Right, take care.